just go for it and just go, I can do this. And if you really believe in yourself, you can do it. You can achieve anything. Welcome to the When We Are Brave podcast, a podcast sharing inspirational stories and conversations, plus tips and tricks on living your best and bravest life. I'm your host, Tiffany Johnson, author of Brave Enough Now, keynote speaker and your host of the When We Are Brave podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to When We Are Brave. I know that together we are going to live our best and bravest life. Welcome to the When We Are Brave podcast. I am absolutely thrilled to be here today with the beautiful Sandra Pankhurst. Thank you, Tiffany, for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. Sandra has had the most remarkable book written about her life, The Trauma Cleaner, One Woman's Extraordinary Life in Death, Decay and Disaster by Sarah Krasnerstein, which has also been a winner of the Victorian Premier's Literary Awards for 2018, plus a variety of other awards. The book's written about Sandra's incredible life as a trauma cleaner and her life growing up and as a transgender woman. It gives me so much joy to talk to Sandra today about what it means to her to live her best and bravest life. So, Sandra, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well... I am just your average Joe, really, that struggles through life like everybody else. And But I have a very, very positive outlook and the life, my, I see life as a glass half full rather than a glass half empty. So um, I just look at everything as as positive as I possibly can. Probably a little bit about myself. I'm many things to many different people. I'm a woman. I'm a boss a friend, a CEO, a public speaker and an advocate. Really, I'm just me. Take it or leave it. Sounds good to me. I love that. And so tell me, Sandra, what does it mean to you to live your best and bravest life through all the ups and downs, aroundabouts, the incredible experiences that you've experienced in your life, which are varied and many? You've had love, you've had lack of yeah. love, you've had trauma. Um, I, I feel... You're as powerful as your mind and if you don't get taken down by everything around you and just focus on what you want in life, you're as powerful as your mind. So I could tell you a joke and you'd laugh your tits off and I could tell you something really sad and then you'd be really upset. That's how quickly the mind can change. So if the mind can change that quickly, we need to harness that power. We need to be able to look at the positive side of life don't go boo-hoo me in the corner when something doesn't go right because it's all a learning game. I didn't set out to be the, a successful CEO of the biggest trauma cleaning company in Victoria, but it happened because of determination, because of belief in myself and because of wanting better for myself. So what does mean? What does it mean living to be brave and to live your bravest life? Living your bravest life to me means living your truth whatever is that is for you. For me, it was transitioning to a female in the 70s. Right now, it's living with a brain tumour and the outcomes from that. The outcome is scary, but inevitable. Succumbing to fear won't change the outcome. So I sort of want to stipulate, you are 
in control of your own destiny by the way you think, the way you act, the way you you give good, you receive good. You do bad, you get bad. I'm very much into the karmic philosophy of life, you know, and it's also helping other people and just being good, a good person, you know, like I always say that smiling is infectious and if we look across the room and we smile at someone, they smile, someone else sees that smile and they start smiling. So let's start an epidemic. Let's get the whole world smiling. And your smile God does light up. Your smile lights up the room, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I just wrote a blog post the other day about the importance of smiling. Yes. And I did a little experiment where I, every single place I went, I made sure I smiled at every single person I saw. And I had the most wonderful conversations. I yeah. helped people. I felt invigorated. And it really did create this incredible buzz within myself. And so now that you've got this new challenge in front of you with your health, yep. you've had a few health issues over I the have years. One or ten. <laughs> <laughs> As have I, I can totally relate. <sighs> Tell me about the fear that sits with you in what's to come and how you're going to overcome that because it's another thing in the the trauma in throughout your life, which you are going to be brave. Yeah. Look, I I'm accepting it as it's a speed hump in the road. Nothing more, nothing less. The only thing I'm not as happy about is the fact that I'm going to go deaf in one ear. But my hearing's not so great anyhow, so I think that I was just another step from there and I'll probably have to go back. I did try hearing aids earlier on in the piece, um, but I didn't like them. So now whether I like it or not, I'm going to have to go back and revisit that scenario. But apart from that, it's just another hump in the road and I'll overcome it. With that positive attitude of yours, Sandra, I'm sure that you will. So tell us a little bit about um, the other parts of your life. I would love for you to tell us what you think has been your greatest success. I think my greatest success was in 92, I was asked by a Western Port Drug and Alcohol Committee to um, raise $10,000 in 10 days. And with my position as president of the Chamber of Commerce and I was on 13 other committees and running a seven-day-a-week business, um, so you can see that I've always been a bit psychopathic. <laughs> You're and a busy lady. You like I, to get involved. Well, they say, ask a busy person to do a job and it gets done. Absolutely. So anyhow, we got sponsorship for wine, we got sponsorship for cheese, Dendy Theatre allowed us to put a movie on there and we got a subsidy out of that. We had all the traders put prizes in and things like that and we had silent auctions and things to raise money and we got the $10,000. So anyhow, we put these six kids on the Almado Palm and the very first day I went down to Vic Dock to see them off and um, I thought, thank you God I'm not going on this trip because these kids are about to kill each other and they were dysfunctional to a pretty high degree. And so anyhow, I saw the kids off and everything. And on the last day, they picked me up by a little boat and then take me out to the ship to spend the last day with them. So I spent the last day with them. What a transformation it was in those 10 days. Those 10 days was just, I thought, all my Christmases had come at once. And the kids were so respectful. They loved each other. They were crying because they didn't want to break up their little group that they'd created. And many of them, many of them, all wanted to um, come and be volunteers on the Almodopal. So 
Anyhow, uh, one of the kids that wrote about her experience, she and I've got a copy of that at home, um, she got a cadetship with the age for her writing. And so that was a real bonus to me. Do you know what I mean? So, And I just think that the government are a little bit sloppy in not investing in things like this because it does change kids' lives. And the whole philosophy is that kids can teach kids. Kids rebel against adults. So we need to get this more in practice. And I'm sort of helping now to try and raise funds for the Elmado Pal because the ship went up to New South Wales. It got neglected and rotted out and all these. So we're restoring it here at the Docklands. And I did a function with Peter Hitchener and we raised $50,000 over lunch. Sure, we'd like to raise more, but we can keep pushing towards that. And uh, we'll get the ship back on the go. And it's for all our troubled youth and things like that. And grandparents put their grandchildren on it when they see there's a problem or different community groups put their kids on it. But it's all got to be funded. But I think the government should pay a very active role, especially these days when crime is prevalent. How, mm. can, um, how can people find out more? And if they want to make a donation, can they go online? They... Uh, yes, they can probably go online to the Almodo Pal. Excellent. Well, we'll uh, put that on the show notes for those okay. people who would be interested in That'd contributing. Be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, because it's such a great cause. And the ship, you know, it goes out for the 10 days and comes back. But it just, the transformation is just so awe inspiring, you know. And if we all had a little part in helping these kids along the way, we're doing something. We're leaving a, a memory behind that. You can't forget. Do you know what I mean? And you've done some good in your life. Absolutely, you're making a massive difference. Yes, yeah, and also to yourself as well. Oh, yeah, it's it's so good for yourself to know that you've done something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about tools that you use to help you overcome your fear and live your best and bravest life. Well, I don't really have tools. I'm just. I'm probably just a hard ass. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm very caring and compassionate now. Catch cry to the business's care, compassion and dignity. And um, our motto is excellence is no accident. So they're the things that strive me to keep getting bigger and better as a business. And for those that don't know, I'm actually a trauma cleaner. I have the biggest trauma cleaning company in Victoria for those our listeners out there that don't know what a trauma cleaner is, would you like to A trauma cleaner is someone that cleans up after death, suicide, aggravated burglaries. We also do deceased estates. We also do hoarding and squalor and pretty well much the jobs that other people don't want to do. We clean up the interview rooms, the divvy vans, the cells for the police. Um, we've got probably 23 stations I think we do across our area. Uh, we work for the Department of Justice. We can't talk about jobs that we do because it's we have a privacy um, contract that we it's not right to talk about other people in their most horrible time. And so our job really is to go in there and restore the house back to as close to the former glory as it was so people can then get back on with their life. And there was a niche in the market and I saw it and thank you God I went for it. And in your book, in the Trauma Cleaner book, it's fabulous how it's been written and that it has a chapter on your life and then it talks about a chapter in your trauma cleaning business. There are some incredible stories in that book. The, the, the wealth of people that you meet and the complexities of issues and that some people don't want to have a clean done, they're hoarders or squalors or whatever, but in hindsight they look back and we had one particular lady 
that wouldn't allow her family into the house. She was becoming really isolated and all these phobias about everyone and everything. But she didn't quite have the skills to tell the maintenance people that she'd had a sewage overflow and lived with it for years. And it was just like, and she didn't know what to do. She was a little bit challenged in that area. And anyhow, when finally we got to do the job, she was not a happy camper, but it was forced upon her. But then we got halfway through the property and we found out that when we moved drawers and cupboards and things like that, or the lounge suite, it was riddled in black mould. And so her health was deteriorating. We got in there, cleaned up the house. We had to call the um, people that had organised the job to be done and condemn the house. So she was really, really unhappy about this. But six months later, she was put into an aged care facility, like a little apartment of her own and everything, and she's as happy as a pig in shit because she thought she was dying. And she now can see she's particular about the house, how it looks. She's got support systems in place. She's um, got her children and grandchildren back visiting her. So life has become rosy for her. And like she did say to the people that employed us to do the job, let them know that I'm really, really grateful. I, I know I was a bitch through the whole process, but, you know, we, we helped change her life. So sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get the feedback, but we know what we do is a good thing, you know, because no one should have to live like that, you know, and it could be just as simple as not being able to explain how to um, get people to come in and help and clean up or or. It's a maintenance issue. Do you know what I mean? And it takes guts and determination for your team to go in there. My team are fantastic. They, most of my staff are from the School of Hard Knocks and they're police checked and working with children checked, everything. But they've got the compassion because they've been through tough times themselves. And this makes them a valuable key or tool to the business that makes my business stand out. I remember one time I went to go and do a quote and the nephew had come to meet me at the door. And he said to me, oh, he said, this is a bit different. He said, I expected a bloke in a overall to come. And I said, oh, well, I hope it's not a problem for you. He said, my auntie will be ecstatic. And we got on like a house on fire. So, you know, we had, uh, oh, I think it was about a five-day job. We were there clearing out this house. And it, she was just over the top, over the top. Fantastic, making a difference to so yeah. many other people and it's so rewarding for you and yeah. your team. It is. And we all need to look at being respectful to each yeah. other and yeah. to ourselves as well and loving of ourselves. It's yeah. so important. And you're also a big advocate for loving of yourself because now you're in this beautiful place Yes, where you might have some health conditions but you are so happy with who you are and you've come look, such I a long the, way. The book was the most cathartic thing that ever happened to me Um I was a bit nervous when it first came out because of the back page of what it said. You know, I was a sex worker, been married, had children, um, prostitute, um, a handbag for my husband, um, all these sort of things. And I thought, oh, my God, no, I can't have this set. 
Anyhow, I thought about it and I thought, look, it's provocative. It's going to be out there. It'll sell like hotcakes. And it is. It's the sixth most read book in Australia. So I'm quite happy with that. There's a possible movie deal going on in America, which we're in talks about. The book is still on the shelves at airports and things like that. And that's like two years later. Do you know what I mean? So we're having a resurgence again of the book. And um, it's given me a new life of being a public speaker and getting out there talking to people. And I just love it. It's given me a chance to reinvent myself at this age. Do you know what I mean? I'm sort of thinking, you beauty. Absolutely. Because I can't be in the houses with all the pathogens anymore because it affects my lungs too deeply, you know. So it's given me a whole new perspective on life and it's been very cathartic to have gone through the experience whereas... I'd always work to 150%. And if someone was going to have a go at me, it would never be about my work. But if they had a go at me because it was my gender, I'd say, you've got a problem, not me. So I feel quite content and quite happy. Yes, I have health issues, but Mr and Mrs, everybody have health issues. Do you know what I mean? I I'm have not health special. issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm not special. No one's special. We're all just dealing with our own things because there's lessons to learn from it all. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. As a type 1 diabetic living with an insulin pump, I have my own fair share of health issues, but it never stops me from doing anything that I ever want yeah. to do and I just keep moving forward in the best way that you I possibly can. You start to pre-plan, don't you? you? You know that, you know, I can walk about 60 metres and I get a bit fatigued, so I get somewhere early, you know, and I stalk for a good parking spot. And I'm, the good fairies of parking always look after me, thank God. And so, you know, you, you learn to do things differently. You plan your life a little bit more so that it's more successful for you. And there's an old saying, you plan to succeed or you don't plan and you fail. Yes, that is very true. And to be reinventing your life in your uh, twilight years, senior yes. years. Um, it's so inspirational to our older listeners out there that you it doesn't matter how old you are, you just can go do, for just, it. That's just it. take it by the ball, the horns, and just go. I can do this. And if you really believe in yourself, you can do it. You can achieve anything. Like I say, you're as powerful as your mind. Just and I don't think get that's distracted by the bullshit. Just be focused on what you want. Yes, and go for it. Reach for the stars. Definitely your fabulous tip of living your best and bravest life because you have to be brave to do that. You have to be, but see, I don't see it as brave. I see it dog determined. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I deserve it. I aspire. I've got a nice house, a nice car, everything, but I want better than that. Do you know what I mean? And I know materialistic things aren't that important, but they are when you're on your own and you want to achieve. I want the best that life can offer me this time around. Who knows what's going to happen in my next life? Do you know? But this time around, I'm going for gold. You're definitely making the most of it, and I love your positive attitude. Thank you. So thank you, Sandra, for coming in. To oh, it's been my break. pleasure. Thank you, Tiffany. And be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And remember, smile. It goes for miles. That's a great tip. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. How amazing is Sandra? I absolutely loved doing this interview. And if I'm a little bit honest with you, I was so nervous when she first came in. I was so excited to be doing the interview. So I hope that you got a lot out of today's episode. She is an inspiration and a shining light and her smile really does light up the room. So do remember what she said, just to smile and make someone's day today. 
you just never know what a smile could bring to your day. So be brave and smile to those around you. So if you've enjoyed this conversation, subscribe to the When We Are Brave podcast. I would love it if you could leave a review. Reviews help shows get the word out. So please tell your friends and family about When We Are Brave so they too can grab some inspiration and tips and tricks on living their best and bravest life. You can find out more about me on my website, tiffanyjohnson.com.au. My book, Brave Enough Now, an inspirational story of self-discovery, survival and hope is my story of how I came to find who I truly was and how I came to survive the 1999 Swiss Canyoning disaster. It's available now on Amazon and soon to come out as an audiobook. I'm so excited. And don't forget to download your free mini guided journal. It just might be the thing that helps you to live your best and bravest life. You can head over to my website, tiffanyjohnson.com.au and download your free copy today. You'll also find a whole bunch of tips and tricks on my blog post on how you can live your best and bravest life. I also love to share my story with audiences across the globe, talking about resilience and how you can live your best and bravest life, including how I survived the 1999 Swiss Canyoning disaster. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn or send me an email. I'd love to connect with you. So head over to my website, tiffanyjohnson.com.au. So my friends, be brave. Until next time and live your best and bravest life.